0: On our circumnavigation of the small atoll spread out here at the mouth of Howl Sound, we have reached the highest point of this island. Atop this atop this summit, surrounded by a variety of trees, is a cairn of rocks. Under this cairn of rocks, a skeleton of a very old lady.
1: <laughs> I
0: I'm not sure whether to channel the power of the moss and the and the old matriarch of the island and use it for good, or what to make of this. But if I was a pirate and we were 400 years ago, this would be a great lookout to claim my domain. Now this island we will not call by its name because you're not worthy to come collect the treasures yet. But so, well, why don't we call it Barnacle Island? Barnacle Island, because it makes me think of Captain Haddock going, blister and barnacles.
1: We are just Barnacle Island. <laughs>
0: And with me are two of the uh, the knights of the round island, as it were. They have the belt buckles to prove their lineage, with a topographical map of the island worn around their waist like a heavyweight champion.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Along with me is the adjunct Prince of Frankfurt, and Sir the III, the knights and the protectors and the pirates of Barnacle Island. Gentlemen, first I want to thank you for granting me diplomatic immunity and allowing me to bring my diplomatic pouch of illicit uh, items and the finest ales in all the land.
2: We knew you were worthy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel so proud to have yet another stamp in my passport. But I'm curious, why is the flag of the island not raised at the summit?
1: I think
2: people are too busy having fun on the outer <laughs> reaches of the island. <laughs> there's only one flag for the island, and it comes out once a year, and it's got a pig on it. Oh. And it, but it it, it would be, get too damaged up here. It's too, too exposed. Yeah, very exposed. This high peak, this crest, this summit.
0: Well, you almost get a nosebleed coming all up here to these lofty terrains, but just coming up from the... Uh, there's a tradition where you bring a rock up from the beach and deposit it here at the summit, but uh, me not... Uh, uh, Rookie mistake. Rookie <laughs> mistake. <laughs> I didn't get that in my... My staff didn't brief me on that maneuver before. And now I've colli- committed a huge international gaff. But I did carry a beer from the beaches. From the water, actually. This beer was soaking in the water just scant moments ago. Up here at the top. So, uh, in the traditional manner of the island, I say unto you,
2: "Arg, Arg Yargh!
0: Now, uh, I wish to uh, discuss with you a few matters. See, on the boat ride coming over here, and actually there was two boat rides coming over here. Actually, if you don't mind, maybe we should spark that uh, a little bit of herbal inspiration here. But remember, it is fire season, kids. So be sure to be careful while you're out there having your uh, having your smokes out in the woods, hey? Mm. Oh, yeah. Now the mix, the smell of the uh, pinyon pines, the shore pines, and the cedars is mixed with the uh, the wafting dank of Cascadian herbs. (laughs) So the boat ride over here, specifically the second boat ride, it made me realize and remember the difference between island life and micro-island life. Micro-island life means you're off the grid, you're having to bring in everything on-site, and it also represents some different political organizations and social contracts, if you will. On these islands here that I understand, and I hope you'll correct me, are organized under some sort of island trust. And on these islands, there's kind of third, fourth generation ownership shares that are passed intergenerationally, and somehow the old money and the new money and the old dropouts and the new idealistics all get along
1: how how does that happen
2: uh it just doesn't change it stays the same as it was when it started the same
1: vision very you, simple. you attach to the same culture you're engaged in the same relaxing activities away from the hustle and bustle of your daily it's, life
2: it's quite conservative thinking but it works in this in this one example
1: yes special example
2: explain to me this this island's trust who's
0: like uh has someone got the keys to this bus
1: there's a board there's a number of members uh more than 20 less than 100 and uh they sit and and make decisions about how the island will proceed and things stay very much the same as time goes on
0: wow and the importance of this is is to protect a natural legacy around these islands because this is a uh you know Bio-regionally diverse and, and unique area and it's not like the island that we're on maybe there's 35 shares uh, living around the coast of this little island that we'll circumnavigate in approximately 30 to 45 actually 45 to 60 minutes considering our smoke break but uh, there's even smaller islands and you almost look at these islands going wow what does it take for someone to go out there and say Arg, I'm going to live upon this island and stake my claim to here because some of these islands have only one, one house on them
2: how does that happen do you know Sad to say, money. (laughs) It's expensive. Yeah. You know? Um, But back in the day when our parents and and their parents were all young and they were up here for months at a time, um, Woodwards would run a ship that would go around to all the islands and you'd get get your groceries off the ship and it sustained the island and you could stay up here for months at a time. Um, But now that's gone.
0: Yeah. So everything has to be brought in from off
1: island. Yeah, yeah, everything, especially the beer, the water as well. If you want the uh, the purest water you can get, for sure. But we do have running water, and there's some uh, some electricity from some some geothermal and some solar uh, so arrays. A, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's it's an incredible life, and you know to be off the grid and away from all the hustle and bustle is uh, definitely worth it.
0: So I was just starting to say earlier on the boat ride over, I couldn't help but think of like one of those days when I was down in Micronesia. And of course Micronesia means uh, many little islands, right? And I had uh, set off from the island of Guam to find this uh, this group of islands called Palau. And uh, whenever I get the really good dank weed in Guam, it was always from Palau. And I realized Palau is like 650 little islands. And the, so I started to track down where which islands really had it going on, and uh, I set off from, from the main island of Betelop, which sounds like a made up word, and and uh, up in an island called Anguar. And I had packed really light, and because uh, you know I was traveling light, right? And uh, and I got totally soaked out, and dumped rain on a giant tropical storm, got attacked by all sorts of bugs, and a horrible experience. And then a the, the couple days later, after being stuck on that island, realizing the ferry I took, off of that, I took over to that island didn't leave for like 10 days, <laughs> and realized I was kind of stuck. I found like a World War II tourist from Australia flying to the island of Peleliu. And I took off on this little tiny uh, float, uh, uh, plane, not a float plane, uh, from this old battered runway. And ended up on this island of Peleliu and everything just kind of opened up to my world there because they had the most fantastic ganja. I went on and sat on a peak very much like this except at the top of this peak it was a famous point in battle called Bloody Nose Ridge. And from that point there was like uh, the Japanese troops had their last resistance and fired down like thousands of American troops. And it was this whole, whole horrible thing. And now it's a little funky island like this with Ganja growing all over the place, and a few tanks rusting in the jungle. <laughs> it's just surreal to see how that happens. Then later on, I met a guy and took me out on uh, his boat to uh, the Rock Islands. This group of like maybe 80 little islands. And coming out on the boat yesterday, it's the same kind of scale, the same kind of closeness together, and the same kind of feeling. Like that island has a couple houses. This one has a few families living on it. This one, people just come to for weekends and holidays. And they're just far enough away where you need a, a decent boat to get there, but seem so close that it, they build a little bit of a community themselves. And with that comes a mix of forced transparency as, and also the comfort of tolerance, knowing that all these people are on this little chunk of land together, so they better figure out a way to, to get along. And to me, it made me feel like, uh, wow, man, Like there may be oceans between us, but the, the island ways, especially that self-sufficiency, is the same
1: everywhere. It is very interesting. I think generationally the families get to know each other generation after generation. Some, you know, families some of the kids marry and I continues the tradition of the of the island life and of people being together. Hi guys. It's incredible. Hi there. Howdy. Hello. Hey How good. Good you. Good. Welcome up to the summit. Yeah. Up. Hey, <laughs> <All right. laughs>
2: we could build an island you I could swim beside, and we could ride the tides until we fall asleep. We could build an island. You and I could swim beside where.
0: I was coming out of that uh, there in Palau and I got that boat ride out with the guy who's delivering mail to a dive boat which I thought was a brilliant concept because it allows these islands to uh, develop ec- economically without building more hotels and stuff, right? So the tourists come and they just live on these liverboard dive boats which seems brilliant. So he would deliver mail out to them uh, so I gave him some extra money and we went out on a big adventure for the whole day where we went uh, scuba diving on Blue Corner went and surfed on a coral reef and then went and gathered giant clams and speared some parrot fish and went on our own little tiny island the size of one of these little snake islands out there, but it's uh, but it's palm trees, you know coconut palms and sandbars, and cooked giant clam and then head out later on that boat and uh and there was a dr- uh, channel that the Germans had dredged years ago. And so when the tide was low, the boats could still go through. But either side of the channel, the coral reef heads are all sitting up, right? So you're, you're on the boat flying through here at max speed. And you look at either side, and it looks like, dude, are we like, you know, on a land speeder or something, man? We're somehow levitating across, across these these uh, coral tops. And I was like, wow, that's amazing, you know? And I got a joint in my mouth, one behind each ear. And the guy taps me on the shoulder, and he says, look up there. This is Southern Cross. And it's the first time I'd ever seen the Southern Cross constellation there. After eating giant clam on a little tiny island, zipping across on uh, on the land speeder. It's the same out here, man. you got the little sandbar that walks over to that little weird island. Only at low tide. I want to go out there and put a giant pirate flag on there with a
1: hockey stick. (laughs) (laughs) There's clams.
2: I put a flag on Snake Island out there one time. Nice. Yeah, that's
1: great. There's been many planting uh, flags on many islands to claim them. And uh, they go back there and maybe you'll see the hockey stick, but uh, things change for sure. (laughs) a new batch
0: of younger cousins comes and makes the island claim for their own (laughs) you old timers no longer we hold the conch shell now we are the lord of the flies
1: (laughs) that's definitely an interesting thing to see at the annual bash as you move from generation to generation and now there's like the the kids of the next generation and uh, that's you know that was the best times for us was being that young and being up here and they have a whole you know big games like like games day or what's it called at, at school Sports Day. Sports Day, yeah, Yeah. that's it. So they have one of those every year and all the families get together and you get to see everyone just like, and as you move through generations, your experience and your interaction with that event changes, right? And as a kid, you're there for all the events. As you grow older, you come to relax and visit with people. It's more of a reunion. Um, The food's always good, though, so that's
2: that's the best thing. It's so boring here. It's insanely boring. Everyone becomes an eccentric. You just go mad. You get cabin fever and... And you're surrounded by people with cabin fever. It's great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I mean, the highways are, are trails.
2: You know, it's like you're
0: wa- There isn't. It's not like there's a, a village on this island. There's a ring of houses and... And
2: nothing else. And, yeah, and, <laughs> Some woods.
0: Yeah. And a rock cairn with a skeleton underneath. It's like this is like our cathedral as well, all right? <laughs>
1: open air. But it's kind of open air. we got all these de- trees that have fallen around us and their branches kind of cut up all the sunlight and create this... Uh, I don't know what is it like a dome type uh type feel kind of very interesting well, we, have, we had some visitors there. That was in another interesting sight of a, of a different, of an older generation. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, on, a, were, di- on a different kind of trip up to the summit of the of the of the island.
0: I think they were just observing us as though we were wildlife, like we <laughs> might as well have been bears or raccoons up here. I think. So I figured we should just continue on in our normal manner. I like it. So like she it. could observe. They could observe us in our native habitat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it was super interesting for them to have the mic standing there, and then like the you know knowing that podcasting and radio and what's going on with what how people are sharing stuff. And I could only imagine what you were planning to do with the content you're creating right now. I think
0: they just thought it was a Geiger counter. and I was testing for uh, thermonuclear waste up While here, man. you into it. <laughs> or you giving a, you're
1: giving a live seminar. That's what they thought. Probably. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Our yogic band marched up to the summit. Yeah, <laughs>
2: like live to the, the meta podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand the
0: island is is overrun with deer, which has caused uh, an ecological reclamation ex-
1: reclamation experiment. Can you explain? It's very interesting. So people say how do deer get to islands? Well, they hyperventilate for an hour or two on the on the shore of the other area. So they get oxygen all throughout their body, and then they swim. And you can imagine a deer swimming, huge bulbous mass with these four little toothpicks. like toothpicks, <laughs> like trying to move. And they get to the islands, and they come here, and then they propagate. And people love them. They're like, oh, they're so pretty. Look at the beautiful deer. And then they propagate and propagate and propagate. And people have gardens and plants, and people bring in plants. And they just gobble all the plants, and then they propagate. And they're starting to cause more trouble. And now it's become this big political foray. Like, do we, do we, how do we, what do we do with the deer? And we're all like, oh, let's let's hunt some of them, and then you know make some sausages and stuff. it would no, be awesome. Don't Kill the deer! <laughs> Brambry! <laughs> Brambry! And then so there's like another political faction, of course. They're kind of sitting there going, the deer are beautiful, please don't kill the deer. We don't want to call the deer. And it's just, it's very interesting. There's always the other side to every every story. Otherwise it wouldn't be a story, right? Yeah. So uh, it just creates an interesting uh, interesting thing. There was a, uh, uh, what's it, a hybrid dog on uh, Bowen Island, which is also uh, in the mouth of the House Sound uh, near Vancouver. Was it and robot? It was, it was yeah. A cyborg <laughs> <That's> dog? dog. <laughs> they <laughs> called it the hybrid wolf wolf dog right this is a half wolf half dog and it was like eating people's goats and their cats and they had to hire a special guy and get a special permit you know the municipality so they could hire this guy to kill and shoot a gun in the, on the island like whoa anyway they eventually eventually got it and uh there was then there's a political fury right there all throughout like the main strip in town people had put up like white pieces of paper they print out like don't kill the hybrid dog like just everywhere this like the two opinions always this always just otherwise there's not a story it's just like so so much our life our existence the dichotomies and that's definitely the political nature of the relationships that you talked about that are built up by neighbors and and how norms are established and you know in an island culture like this it is a little tribe with uh, you know different people pulling in different directions for sure
0: yeah and at certain points man you all have to get together to get shit done man whether it's building docks or doing fire safety methods we're out here in the middle of the bush there is little fire safety stations and little sheds with little posters on them and instructions and so on so you all got to get together one way or another no matter how you got there well as we continue our circumnavigation, I look forward to uh, another visit to the to this to the sky lounge
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, and another dip into into the little bay so gentlemen thank you for granting me uh, my diplomatic status and the keys to you part of your island for a short period of time.
1: It's our great pleasure. <laughs> Welcome, Uncle Weed. Yes.
2: <laughs> You've been shooting along with Uncle Weed's Wild Titans. So I'm talking to you, listener. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> The
0: fourth dimension has been cracked. (laughs)